It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's great to be with you for another episode of the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter Podcast. I'm Gareth Hall, of course, is with the captain, the one and the only... Guy Molecaster, we're recording this on a Wednesday morning at 13 minutes past 7 Eastern time, and the captain is in Melbourne drinking a V-Can. <laughs> that only means one thing. He's either still jet-lagged from Perth or he had a big night last night. Hello to you, Captain. <laughs> uh, good morning, Gareth. Everybody loves being in Melbourne, don't they? They do. They do. It's, there's something special about Melbourne, especially this time of the year. Well, it's always special. I'm a little bit biased because I'm a Victorian. But um, it's going to be hot today, Captain. Yeah, 37, they reckon. Yep. First race at Sandown today is at 10.30. So um, do you get your inspections done early or do you wait for I, – I guess you have to get them, get them done early so you're out of the yeah, head, we're Captain. Just, we're just about ready to get on the bus and head out there. It's going to be a, going to be a bloody good sale here at, uh, at Melbourne Premier. Some nice horses and we've done our inspections. We're just going to do some second looks this morning and – Probably be ready to tune in to watch the races later. We've got actually got 29 runners today, so it should be a bloody good day. So 29 runners. You are yes. becoming like Mr. Zhang these days, Kai. Well, I mean, it's not very often you have a Wednesday race meeting at Rose Hill, and uh, it's just a good opportunity for nice young horses to get on the decent track. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think we're going to have some pretty good runners there today. Sebastian Hutch, we'll listen to him throughout the morning here, or in fact, in, throughout the show here on the Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast. But having a look at the English Premier sale, geez, it's one of those sales that you can definitely find a bargain. Um, when you have I, a look back at the Group 1 winners, most of them have been under $100,000, which include Bella Nipotina, um, Nature Strip, Santa Ana Lane, Gitra was only 10000 for Gordon Richards, Nimalee, Ole Kirk was a beauty. He was under 100000 would you believe? And Maria Menger. So there's a bargain that we can be that can be found here in Melbourne, Guy. Yeah, and Geetra's got a sister, a half, half sister okay. to Geetra in the sale from the Yulong draft, and she's a pretty nice filly. And Yulong will have a big sale because I don't think I've ever seen a farm sell more horses than what they will be doing starting uh, on I think Sunday. They had seventy-seven entered originally. They got yep. ten or so uh, withdrawn, but got a pretty good lineup. They got um, got a whole barn there at. Uh, Oakland's Junction, so should be good sale. How do you think the sale will go? Because usually Mr. Zhang and Yearlong, and I know that they've been a little bit quieter this sale season, but um, usually they're the leading the leading buyer. But when they're selling all these horses, how do you think that'll affect the sale? Yeah, I think they'll probably uh, just uh, wind it back a little bit on the purchasing side mm-hmm. of it. But I'm sure if there's a good filly there, they'll still be interested. Yeah. Um, what else do you like about this Melbourne sale? Because it seems to me that 
in recent times, like the Hunter Valley's always been the king of breeding in this country. But I think with Yearlong and what Rosemont's been able to do and a few of the other farms around Victoria, they, they're catching up a little bit, guys. Is that fair to say? Yeah, well, Rosemont, we saw their horses yesterday. They've got some pretty nice horses as well. And also the bigger farms from the Hunter Valley are also represented. And so we've got a nice cross-section of horses from basically all over Australia. Yeah, and obviously there's plenty of horses with the Vobus next to their name. There's other um, state breeding schemes or incentives that you can buy here and you can race elsewhere. But um, Victoria do a wonderful job with their, their bonus system, which is always an added bonus in a way, Guy. Yeah, you well, need to find a quick to get one. A winner, but if you, yeah. you get a bit of money on top, it's bloody good. What did you make of Perth? You were recently in Perth. They tell me you were sensational there as well. Did you have any luck? Yeah, we bought a filly. Uh, she's a full sister to a horse running today called Mayor of Mount Buller. She's okay. had two starts for two wins, and uh, we hold her in pretty high regard, and I think she'll get to an Oaks. Is she the Dundee filly? Correct. It's a bargain, 150000 Is there anything left in her? No, she's been uh, fully <sighs> subscribed straight away, actually. Gareth, you've got to, you know, you've, I know you're spending a bit of time in Saudi and that sort of thing, but you're going to have to be quicker off the mark to get into these sort of horses. Well, usually you're meant to look after us, Captain. You are you are our bloodstock agent. I tell you what, Captain, you must – I did some work for you too, Captain. Did you, Gareth? I did some work. I got a couple of phone numbers, um, a few racing managers for some sheiks right across, some princes right across the Middle East. And I said, well, I've got one man for you, the captain. And well, that would be awesome, Gareth. Let's hope they can get to Easter and we can buy No, definitely. Horses. Well, they don't have to get to Easter. Um, I think we, we will try and find them a few, a couple of stars, which, in, which is, I know we're getting off the beaten track here, but that's positive. When I was in Saudi Arabia, of course, and... Um, there's a lot of positivity around Australian racing, which is great to hear. Yeah, I think because, you know, the horses are basically renowned all over the world that people are actually going to gravitate more to Australia in the in the coming years. Yeah, but I think a lot of people are starting to get the message that Australians do it best when it comes to the racing game in a way. The way that it's yeah, promoted well, and, and it's ran and the prize money, etc. Yeah, it's a pretty good day out when you go to the races yeah. and... Rose Hill or Randwick or Flemington, Caulfield, any of these big tracks around Australia. He's playing God, isn't he, the king of WA? His stats are actually amazing, Gareth, and uh, and he had some very, very nice horses there at the Perth sale and the filly that made all the money, 625000 yes. She was just a beautiful filly. Yeah, full sister. The bustler goes around on Saturday and, of course, Nifty Parnham, He's got a couple of his stars. Zip away goes around in the Australian Guineas on Saturday in Buffalo, who performed well during the summer carnival. And both their relations went for some nice money there in Perth. But it just proves that, I don't know, I don't know, Captain, if you've got a stallion like a playing guy, you can still make it in the minor states if they can produce. I think everyone's oh, I think just got to produce. Yeah, I think with a horse like playing God, people are probably going to send mares to him from the east as well. Yeah, there you go. Why is that? What do you like about the playing gods then? Obviously, he's well, getting the results. They, you know, they're just good, tough, hard-knocking horses, and they and they actually achieve. You know, they meet their commitments. So Perth was really strong, Captain. I know. Did you make it to Tasmania? Because looking at the average price, it was just thirty-one hundred or thirty-one thousand. I think even Barry Bowditch, and usually these managing directors are pretty positive, but he was quoted in saying it was a bit tougher than what I expected. 
probably just sail on top of sail. Gareth, you know, the people, there was a number of people went to Perth. There's a number of people here at Melbourne and in Tasmania was just sort of caught in the middle of it a little bit. So maybe they need to have a look at the dates a little bit too. Yeah, so surely they've got to make the change now, Magic Millions, wouldn't they? Um, or, or is that is that something that Barry can make the move or is it something that Tassie have to say, okay, then we, 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 can't, we can't be here. We may... Like we might need to be a week later or, um, I don't know, there, there has to be a solution there, surely. Yeah, it's just it's a very, very tight schedule and, and everybody sort of wants their little bit of a spot in the, in the, in the calendar. So uh, not really sure what the answer to that's going to be. Um, what about Blue Diamond Stakes Day? Now, there's a few stats going around, Captain. And we can talk about all of the star size that will be on show there at Melbourne Premier Sale and the biggest sales around the country. But Saturday's trio of Group 1 races at Caulfield, listen to this, proves that elite horses can emerge from anywhere. With the combined service fees for the size which produced Blue Diamond Stakes winner Hayasugi, Futurity Stakes victor Mr Brightside, and Oakley Plate hero Cumin were less than $20,000. Yeah, that, that might have been just the way the ball played this week, Gareth. I'm... I think over the whole year, you're going to end up with the bigger stallions winning more of the big races. That might have just been a little bit of an anomaly this last weekend. I think pound for pound metropolitan race meetings, you see the best size getting the job done. But more and more, we see the champions of the sport or the superstars of the sport being side by stallions that we hardly know of. Yeah, I think, you know, it's like the lead-ups to the Golden Slipper and that sometimes smaller stallions can win yep. one of the lead-ups. But... Most of the time, and I'm not saying all of the time, most of the time the cream rises to the top. But someone like a rural meeting, this is huge for him because he stood, he just stood for 11,000 on his debut season, but producing a filly like that, he won't be standing for that for much longer. No, well, she looks a pretty good filly yes. in her own right, Gareth, and, and the rural meetings have been pretty nice types through and through. Yeah, and great to see Mr Brightside. He just continues to do what Mr Brightside does. Yeah, um, he was very good. He's been very good at both his starts. The question is, you know, who he's beating up, but you can only beat up the ones that you can you meet on the day. Well, he nearly beat up a horse called Romantic Warrior, and I'm sure when I look at that replay, he looked like he'd won a Cox Plate. And we all know what Romantic Warrior's been able to achieve. And, and let's be honest, Romantic Warrior's been given a couple of peaches by your man James McDonald over, over, the, over recent times. Like... Cox Plate, he lands 1-1 from gate 7. Um, Sunday, he lands leaders back from gate 11, Guy. Yeah, but I think you've got to realise, Gareth, that he's a very, very good horse. And, Correct. You know, there's not many horses you can ride twice in a race like that. You know, he went forward to get the spot and then he, he you know, it was under the pump coming to the turn, but he, he just had the grit and determination to get the job done. You ever going to give James credit? Oh, no, I thought it was a magnificent oh, okay. ride by James. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, Fangirl, can't wait to see what she can do on Saturday. Talking about James, you've got Storm Boy and Fangirl. Um, I would love to see Fangirl and Mr. Brightside clash over a 1,600 metres of an all-star mile. Now, unfortunately, that won't happen. But that would be a clash and a half because we're going to see them probably start as very short price favourites in their respective states heading towards the championships race, which we might see them in a, in a race like the Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, I think uh, 2,000 metres and a possible wetter track might be at the end of Fangirl's range, but uh, I'm sure 
it'd be yeah, it would be lovely to see them going head to head over a mile. And Storm Boy, um, the son of Justify, he steps out in the Skyline Stakes. This will be his last race before the Golden Slipper. It's an interesting one. We had James on yesterday on Giddy Up, and um, I, like I, I reckon he would have a pretty good idea on who he wants to ride in the, the Golden Slipper. But we also ran into Ryan Moore in Saudi Arabia, and I think he's he doesn't really mind if he's riding Switzerland or Storm Boy. Um, they're both going to be good rides, but how do you weigh it up? Where you got Storm Boy that's had his grand, fi- like had a grand final, and then needs to butter up and get get ready for another, like a tougher grand final, if you know what I mean. And you've got Switzerland that's been um, set perfectly for for a Golden Slipper guy. How do you? Yeah, well, you know, it's going to be a very good race this weekend. There's some nice horses running against Storm Boy, and I think we've seen in the last couple of weeks that there's. You know, it's not going to be definitely a two-horse race, Gareth. I think there's a lot of competition out there, and we might even see some other horses coming towards the top in the next couple of weeks. How's your horse, Kovaliki, going? Can it uh, win first up? first up? He's running first up on Saturday, 1,300 metres, Liverpool City Cup, 59 and a half, Jay Mack aboard. Can he win? I think he'll run pretty well. He's had two trials, and he's had he's been in work plenty of long, long enough, so I think we're expecting a pretty good run from him. But Gareth... Mm-hmm. I've got to head to the English sale. Bye-bye. That is our Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the Captain Guy Molecaster. He's off and gone to catch his bus heading to the sale. Um, yeah, looking forward to that Australian Guineas there on Saturday. Riff Rocket does look mighty hard to beat. Um, and Miller tries looks tough to beat in his Guineas. I think that's in Saturday as well, the Randwick Guineas. So um, it, he's got an embarrassing of riches when it comes to the three-year-olds, Chris Waller. But that is the Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast. We'll be doing it live, I would imagine, from the Melbourne Premier Sale next week. But for now, have a wonderful week, and we'll catch up with you next time we, sh- next time we have a chat.